0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Coffee Boogie Podcast. Today is March 21st, 2020. Uh, The world's in a a crisis right now, Um, a pandemic of sorts. The coronavirus um, has hit just about every country. Um, The United States is in a huge economic uh, disruption, and the shit has hit the fan. So today I've reached out to a friend in Seattle Um, He goes by Bino or Brian Norris. Um, He's a coffee, he's a barista, roaster, um, and just a good friend of mine. So please uh, sit back, enjoy the show, and feel free to send us some comments, um, messages about your thoughts about the show, and I hope you guys are all doing well. What up, what up?
1: Yo, 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 what's going on? Good
0: morning, Brian.
1: Morning, dude. How's it going?
0: Going pretty good, considering.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In that, it's not an easy question to answer nowadays, is it?
0: Right. I mean, I always have a positive outlook no matter what. So I I try to say it's going good.
1: I mean, that's honestly kind of the mindset we got to be in right now is finding the little small positives, all those little silver linings and everything.
0: (laughs) So you got the day off today?
1: Yeah, yeah, finally got me a day off here, which is nicely, nicely needed.
0: Yeah, you gonna go ride your bike or what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know I am. Social distance rides for the win, for sure.
0: Awesome, dude. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, it's a, it's it's a little, it's a little draining, um, just kind of dealing with the uh traffic that we're dealing with that we have right now at this. Um it's great. I mean honestly like the the level of appreciation I'm having from literally every single person is just incredible. You know like I had somebody just come up come over like the bar, like we're still here sign and our um <laughs> the universal income and in healthcare now sign that I put up to let everybody know I'm still here. Um and just came in and gave me a $10 bill. Like didn't buy anything. was just like, Hey, thank you for staying open. And just give me a tip. Yeah. It's, It's, it's great. You know, like, it's great to see people like showing that level of gratitude right now, you know? And I'm really, I'm really hoping it's transferring over to appreciation for like grocery store workers and, you know, like truck drivers and delivery drivers and everything and all, all these people because yeah, janitors and whatnot, you know, because they're the ones that, like, have to be here in order for the society to run. Like, for coffee, we are... We're the morale right now, you know? Yeah. And morale is just incredibly important to get us through these times. And... But, like, we got re- to recognize that the essentials are more necessary, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And the people those are like just so crucial you know
0: yeah we got to recognize everyone because everyone's under stress whether they're working or not
1: right (laughs) just because they're different stresses doesn't mean it's not a stress right yeah not worthy (laughs) of being stressed over
0: well tell me real quick uh we, we are recording on the coffee boogie podcast right now so just real quick introduce yourself tell us where you're from and that kind of shit
1: right on right on oh cool good i was actually gonna ask if i can swear on this uh <laughs> yeah. uh what's up everybody my name is bino um originally from san francisco uh, bay area redwood city if anybody knows the location uh been living in seattle for the past like five years or so now um been in the coffee industry for like the last 11 years done More or less everything around the industry, from, you know, barista to management to quality control cupping, um, research and development, um, now roasting, um, and I'm roasting for Conduit Coffee, been a little operation up for the last, like, eight years. Say their name again. Conduit Coffee. Okay. Um, We're... You know, we started as just like my boss, Jesse, he was just a one individual dude on a five kilo roaster in the back of a uh, motorcycle shop, um, delivering coffee all by bicycle around the city. And that's what we've continued to do pretty much consistently. And that's how I got into it is because I'm an avid cyclist. Um, I came back, I've been going on a number of like life changing rides, like, you know, coming of age, right? You know, rides out into the, na- into nature in the forest, if you will. And, uh, you know, I came back from the, a major one in 2017 and just was, had these giant, giant cycling legs and it was like, I could deliver coffee right now. <laughs> and so I hit them up and next thing you know, I'm on a coffee roaster and it was cool. You know, like just like fell right into the job that I've really wanted to have for a while. Um, And so, yeah, then I just I came back from a recent ride after um, walking out on Slate Coffee with uh, Coffee at Large and all those and all nine people, I believe it was. Right. I remember Mm
0: -hmm. something going down with that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a pretty heavy thing and went off on another ride through Montana, Idaho and Washington and came back here and we needed this coffee stand opened up at Conduit. And yeah, I've just been this little like beacon and ray of positivity, and just doing it whatever the hell I want, like creating the community I want. It's it's freaking cool. Yeah, you got
0: such a great attitude. Like pe- when people are around you, you know, they just it puts them in a good mood.
1: Thank you for saying that, my dude. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's you know, that's really what I'm about. You know, it's why I'm still in coffee. Yeah, and I realized when. And I taught myself latte art back when I was working at Pete's coffee early on. And I realized that like something that now has come to be so simple for me to just like wiggle my wrist a couple of times, flick it through. And I've got myself a nice little heart can like completely turn somebody's day around, you know, like minimal effort for a high return. And so I can just pump out, you know, like latte art and good vibes all fucking day long because Everybody's ready to receive it. And it's easy for me to, you know, give out without taking too much from me.
0: Yep. That's awesome, dude. So I first met you probably four, four four-ish years ago when I was out in Seattle.
1: That's right. Downtown, uh, right?
0: Downtown Seattle Coffee Works, right?
1: Yep. That's them. Yep.
0: And uh, yeah, I was selling my bags at the market, and I'd go for my coffee every day, and man, I was just loving the vibe of Seattle. That was my first time living there for a while, and shit was amazing, dude. Just, just such a vibe being downtown.
1: Oh man, it's vibrant, isn't it?
0: Uh, it's powerful.
1: It's a, it's a lot of history, a lot of different types of people, a lot of hustle and bustle. Like, way... And I see why I like the, <laughs> the drink of choice in the city is coffee for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I remember coming in and you're pouring these latte arts and uh, it, it kind of inspired me to get back into the barista side of the game um, in which I kind of I needed a job when I was out there. So uh, I started looking around. I found my way back with Nordstrom and then I've kind of stuck with the company since
1: then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, dude. How's that, how's that working out for you?
0: They are wonderful, man. They're surprisingly their coffee's just top quality, you know, maybe because they're from Seattle. Are they really? Yeah, they're they're headquartered there right next to I mean they're downtown man.
1: Right. Yeah that was a that's a giant Nordstrom down there. Oh that makes so much sense. Yep.
0: So they're deep in specialty coffee and and uh they have been yeah. for a while haven't they? Yep
1: they're taking care of us boy. we're
0: we're all shut down for 2 weeks right now uh the Oof. whole company
1: that's how's that how's that uh impacting you financially
0: well th- that's what I was leading into is this huge company is paying all of their employees right now for 2 weeks Whoa!
1: yeah
0: huge huge damn
1: uh, that's so weeks. inspiring to hear
0: Two weeks isn't a long time, but if you do the math, I'm sure that's a shit pile of money.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's the difference between me paying rent and not, right? <laughs> right. And that's wild. Yeah, I uh, most of places around here, it's just completely shut down. Uh, every restaurant, every bar, any non-essential thing. Like, I mean, uh, restaurants can do to go and take-out only. Yeah. But people people got to be like. You know, in and out, like fast, 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 keeping their six foot distance, all that jazz.
0: cash. what's ringing in the background?
1: Oh, is that learn on my uh, phone here? That's okay. Just there we go. Uh, yeah,
0: is, <laughs> it's kind of the same here. All the bars are shut, uh, the restaurants are uh, drive through, you know, maybe stop in and grab a bag, but yeah, it's yeah, sucking for everybody for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt, dude. Um, you know, my, my boss is actually Jesse. Uh, Jesse's been really kind to me throughout this whole situation. You know, like really low key. I mean, honestly, like we're <laughs> like we're a tiny business. I think we have four employees all together, and like it, we've been skating boundaries on bankruptcy for a while, you know, it's hard to be a a tiny business or a small business, any form of small business in Seattle right now as property taxes rise so heavily, it's difficult to stay afloat, you know? So we never really had much to begin with. We're always skating that boundary. So now that things have really made an economic turn, like (laughs) we didn't really lose much and there's not really much to lose at this point, you know, like, we so our land our landlord uh is being super super kind to us over at the roastery like you know ensuring that we can like work something out and like she's just like been super super helpful through this whole thing to ease stress and the uh the owners of the bar at the nickerson that we like have our coffee stand in the parking lot of have also been like really really kind really helpful and just like working with us because they had to shut down but still allowing me to get into the stand and in, into the uh, bar to do dishes and whatnot and uh, you know it. we've kind of had this op- option do we stay open or do we close and you know a, a coffee stand was kind of a unique opportunity for you know uh, continuing business in that like our establishment only has one person inside which is me and lo- low
0: enough overhead and you're, worthwhile. What else are you gonna do? You know,
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. You know. So, like, I've been noticing within this last week is everything else has been shut down. Um, people have been just coming through to the stand just to kind of hang out and talk for like ten minutes. Like, you know, everybody's been locked inside. We're not on a in a shelter in place yet, but we're looking at it probably by Sunday. And people are just needing some excuse to get outside and coming for a bag of coffee or a cup of, you know, a cup of coffee. And just like if people just stand outside the stand, sit, standing six feet away from each other, and we're just kind of like chopping it up for like 10 minutes at a time and continuing on. And so it's really a kind of working out in our favor at this point. You know, I've worked for like, <laughs> coffee companies that are backed by multi-million dollar investors and everything. Like, you know, I've worked for these top quality co- coffee roasters and yet the greatest job security I have right now is working at a tiny little coffee stand with <laughs> <laughs> like that's I never saw that coming, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Everywhere I see the, the shops are doing, kind of like GoFundMes or virtual tip jars, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the roasters are kind of doing okay because people are stocking up on beans and they're doing a lot of free shipping.
1: Right, yep. I'm
0: hoping that the roasters will kind of pass that good fortune on and kind of like, you know, help Mm -hmm. the baristas, you know?
1: True, right, exactly. I mean, this is we're all struggling, you know, every, every financial class, like class that we're all residing in, you know, struggling right now. And it's obvious that, you know, government isn't like reacting as fast as we possibly can on a day-to-day basis. So it's really up to us to be helping each other out and making sure that things work out. You know, I mean, Jesse very well could have just shut down the company. It would have been, you know, it would have been a lot easier for him Um, like, stress-wise to just close it down. But he left the option to me as, you know, what little he he could offer me was just another paycheck. And something that small can do wonders, you know? Something as small as, like, donating to a virtual tip cup, you know? It just, it can make all of the difference, even if it's just, you know, a morale boost to see somebody else helping you, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, uh, an idea that I've been working on is, um, I've been going through my neighborhood delivering flyers, Mm -hmm. um, just, just saying, Hey, uh, we're delivering coffee and please support the cause. You know, I put a little message about what's happening with, with my baristas and, um, sure enough, I got a couple hits and the people that I delivered the coffee to were just so happy to support.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really good. It's really good to see that people are like still trying to get out, go out of their way to help the small businesses too, you know? Yep. Like, yeah, I've actually noticed a lot of business going into bike shops around here recently, which I mean, like, I guess, you know, social distance rides keep six feet away from people, but still get outside. Yeah. Jump on a bike and, Noticing a lot of people are putting business into the bike companies right now, which is cool. You know.
0: Yeah. You need to get out here to Utah and ride, man. There's some beautiful scenery.
1: Oh man, I I've been wanting to get out to Salt Lake City. I've driven through there one time, and it was just like super brief we were just racing through from one side of the country to the other and it was just this brief little blip but it, i remember just like snow covered mountains it was gorgeous all over the place like ooh it was amazing and honestly you know like depending on the way the times go like i could be hanging out on a bicycle a lot more frequently absolutely why, why not <laughs> it looks like a real flat ride to get to salt lake city from here once we'll to get over the cascade
0: yeah, once you get out of Washington, you're you're good. Hey, yeah, uh, well, let's talk about a couple other things. Let's talk about what coffee are you drinking right now as we speak.
1: Mm. Right now, I am drinking a coffee um, from Embrace Coffee Roasting. Uh, they're a company that roast out of our uh, uh, out of our roastery. Uh, okay. It's a natural processed Mexican coffee from uh, Niarit. And it's one of the first natural processed coffees I've had in a while right now. Um, and it's, it's freaking wonderful. Uh, this this guy also uh, worked at Slate with me. He was my manager and walked out uh, with the crew. And he, like... Um, kind of would like bounce these roasts off of me when we were working together and like we were just kind of like shoot shoot the shit about like you know oh maybe a little bit more airflow here or a bit l- little quicker through the drying phase there you know could help with this like just kind of like custom tailoring and like you know and doing basically what the what I love about the Seattle coffee industry which is that you know people are really open to sharing ideas regardless of how much you know like it, it, or not trying to like covet uh information yeah you know
0: yeah yeah
1: and you know then after a while he just started roasting in our uh roasting operation it's just one dude just this one dude doing his thing and busting it out and he puts a lot a lot a lot did i say a lot a lot of focus on <laughs> um like sourcing where it comes from and how everybody in that chain of like the supply chain are treated throughout the throughout it um this one specifically is a women run farm um which is which is wonderful it's always it's always great to see uh women owned or women run uh farms And
0: because
1: yeah. in a lot of in a lot of developing countries that's you know a very very new concept you know um that's not so much the uh, a tremendously new concept in Mexico necessarily but it's still a wonderful thing to see you know um And the coffee is just phenomenal, you know? Like, let's see what it got. (laughs) I got some deep chocolate notes down there. Uh, Some deeper berries, like blackberry. Is that a... One is like starfruit, I think it is. A little citrusy, but like a little little fruitier than just like a lemon or citrus. Like kind of starfruit. Like, Yeah. yeah. Wonderful one. Yeah, dude.
0: Sounds killer. I need to I need to put in an order with you guys,
1: <laughs> <laughs> doggy. For real though, <laughs> what you drinking on right now?
0: Uh, I just finished a couple. I had a French roast earlier, um, which is like a a Guatemala and Colombia bean, just really smooth. I like a lot of dark coffees in the morning.
1: Ooh, something a little rich to kind of like fill the stomach, get you going.
0: Yeah. And then later in the afternoon, I like to play with the lighter stuff and really explore the the palate. You know,
1: mm. honestly though, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely having a little bit harder time getting some <laughs> flavor notes this morning because my palate hasn't woken up yet.
0: <laughs> um, let's go back with a couple other questions. Like, what what was the first time you got into coffee, or what got you in a, a, initially into the coffee world?
1: Boosh it let's take this back to 2008 shall we um i know 2007 i guess it was i had just gotten out of high school i'm sorry <clears throat> let me correct that i just uh, dropped out of high school <laughs> <laughs> and uh my dad had told me my dad's a businessman he told me you know if you're not gonna go to school you better damn well learn how to network uh i really took that to heart throughout my entire life and that's why i, I love going to lotter throwdowns but i i was like all right so my network what do i got friends wise you know i started like hitting up and going around like i was working at a panera before that and you know just to make some money but like it was kind of shitty and i kind of wanted to do something else you know not career driven at all really like you know i've yeah, uh, when I was young, when I was younger, I'd had uh, had been diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy, so I really was like not having a lot of excitement for life at that moment in life. But I needed to do something to keep me occupied, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I hit up one of my friends, Andrew, and like I was like, "Yo, dude, like, what what you got for me?" I kind of want a job, and he's like, "Oh, man, come over to Pete's Coffee. Come on over. Well, you know, I like I just started working here a little while ago. Like, I pull you some shots. Like, it'll be a good time. Like, we'll just fuck with it." And so I go over, he drops me a, a double shot of espresso and like that double shot of espresso was the first time I had a double shot since like eighth grade or the yeah, summer between eighth grade and freshman year of high school. I went to Costa Rica, which was the first time I ever saw coffee uh, real life in the flesh or had it for that matter. <clears throat> right. What a way to start. Uh,
0: <laughs> Costa Rica was your first coffee experience.
1: First coffee experience ever. Yeah. Had, wow. And it was We had had, like, you know, shots of espresso at this villa in the Dota Estate um, of Costa Rica. And we put, like, nine sugars into the thing. And it was uh, <laughs> just, like, uh, just trying to get it down. It was awful. We hated it. But we knew that it was going to give us, like, energy and a rush. And, and so we were just, like, smashing these things and just, like, zipped up and just, you know, like, taking ro- walks through all the all the uh, rows of coffee beans and everything. And it was, it was a cool, really cool experience. And I didn't know at the time how like impactful it was going to be because <clears throat> later on, when I went into Pete's coffee with my friend, he was just pulling shots of espresso for me. And like, it just kind of like threw me back. It was like, Oh yeah, coffee, you know, dude, like my parents drink it all the time. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make some coffee. That sounds fine, whatever. And so my first, first coffee job was working at Pete's and honestly i didn't really even care about the coffee to be tr- <laughs> to be truly honest with you uh, yeah i just i just wanted to jo- i just wanted a job and, and it was it was like hanging out with friends and smoking a lot of weed and <laughs> it was, like it was just yeah it was it was bullshit in when in my early 20s really was was what it was then like Oh, I went to Verve Coffee Roasters in Santa Cruz. And that was the first time I ever saw Latte Art. Okay. They were like the first, I didn't know that this whole realm of coffee existed. I just knew like, yeah, micro foam and Garuda Espresso versus, you know, the Espresso Forte at Pete's Coffee, you know, <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, so it was, you went there to, to, to visit and. And kind of a game changer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. They just like, I mean, blew open a whole world for me. And so when I started like competing in the <clears throat> Pete's Coffee Barista uh, competitions and just kind of getting more involved in it and branched out and just kind of moved on, moved on from there and just kind of, it was really hard at that time to like break into that industry. I mean, it- admittedly, it's just kind of hard to break into that industry in general. You know, it's that classic catch 22. You got to have the experience to work there, but in order, you know, in order to work there, you got to get the experience. So it's like, I couldn't get the experience. So I just started like watching YouTube videos on latte art and pouring latte art and like listening to Chris Baca and Jared Truby from at that point, Verve coffee roasters. Now the owners of cat and cloud coffee in Santa Cruz as well. Fire fire, by the way. I'm going to like name drop on that one. Cat and Cloud are just great people. They're doing a lot of great things for this uh, coffee industry as far as like treatment of everybody and just the operation of a coffee shop is just wonderful. Um, but yeah, they at that time they were, you know, like just putting out videos on like espresso br- and like siphon brewing and you know, AeroPress and you know, all these different brew methods and latte art. And so from there I just kind of like kept Pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring until I just found my first good coffee gig. And then moving up here, it's been ever since, dude. Honestly, couldn't imagine working any other job at this point.
0: Yeah, 100%. Although, you know, now it's kind of like, how do we reinvent ourselves once again, you know, and uh, make sure that we can continue doing what we love?
1: Way, right? You know, that's – that's so true, dude. You know, I – what was that in – was that last year or – yeah, it was, it was last year. Um, <clears throat> I went to the Denver qualifiers for the barista competition um, at that time through Slate Coffee, and, you know, it, we – part of the barista competition is mm, – more than just like brewing a good cup of coffee, a good espresso cappuccino and especially beverage. It's like, you have to have a message in that 15 minute window that you have, that you're given to, like, mm-hmm. to like give some, you know, to like give some <clears throat> concept to the world. And wow. at that time I was working with a natural processed Ethiopian from uh, the Ethiopia Kayon mountain, um, which embrace coffee roasting also had for a little while too. Um, And it was a great natural process coffee that tasted almost identical to a washed process. Like you almost couldn't tell that it was a natural process coffee. And so I ran with that. And one of the things that I don't enjoy so much about this industry is our like intense desire to create the cleanest cup. Mm-hmm. the reason being is because it's it, it takes so much water to produce that clean cup that for for you know at the end of the day a luxury item the that we could be using that water for something much better you know and you know so i just started researching all of this and like the water usage in the industry and like it just kind of you know blew open the doors on how, like how we as an industry have just been working with you know, the old traditions, and what has worked with us in the past, but, you know, times are obviously changing, like, tremendously, you know, temperatures and climates are changing, and we have, we have to learn to roll with those punches, ride the wave, you know, (laughs) not to sound Californian about it, but, like, yeah, dude, like, you know, it's obvious that water is going to be coming short, so let's find a way to either make our natural processed coffees taste like, like washed or getting a little bit more, you know, appreciation for a natural processed coffee and what it can offer, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like, I mean, I like all coffee, but I feel like the new, the new methods where they're leaving the bean on and honey processed, all that has so much more flavor.
1: Mm, Right. Way. It's, and it, it can be so complex, you know? And especially those like real, real deep natural processed coffees that can have that like kind of like wild flavor to it. Like you could get, you could taste that it grew in the ground, you know? Yeah. Love that. Love that bottom layer, you know, like kind of like almost like the earthiness that like turmeric has, you know, it's, ooh, it's, it, hits. it hits, it hits, it's a, it's a banger.
0: <laughs>
1: and I think, and I'm seeing recent, in recent years in the industry, at least on the West Coast, yeah, I, I always have to say the West Coast because that's really my only understanding of the coffee industry. To be truly honest, is San Francisco to Seattle, sometimes right. uh, British Columbia. But over here is that what was you know, especially in San Francisco originally, it was just all wash process. You know, any any natural process, honey processed, it was all like uh, impure, quote unquote. Like you know, we like by natural processing it, you were like imparting a flavor that wasn't inherently there and the wash process was the cleanest you know most pure taste of the coffee bean that you can get hmm. but you know i don't know it just kind of come it was it was a little little over the top you know like it's not weird, like people were throwing hazelnut syrup in the roaster while they were roasting it you know
0: Right. The
1: cherry is part of the bean and it's just imparting the sugars from the cherry, the sugars and the acids from the cherry. So once people kind of like broke past that, like incessant need for cleanliness. And also, I mean, like it, what really kind of did a disservice was the SCA um, cupping forms. I mean, the cupping forms are geared specifically to uh, wash processed coffees, which is why natural processed and a lot of Indonesian coffees always end up coming short, coming up short on the cupping forms and the in their scoring, is because it's geared, geared specifically for a wash processed coffee, which has changed a lot in the few uh, in the in the last few years. I've noticed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: nonetheless, you know. So once we were started like breaking through that concept, the natural started to hit the uh, the Bay Area a lot more and at least over the last five years of being up here in seattle i've noticed that everybody's going all different realms between wash honeys like you're saying you know naturals pulp naturals like the whole you know the uh, wet hold from indonesia like people are like really kind of experimental around here which I, I, i i vibe real hard with well
0: and there's so many roasters now that they're all experimenting you know
1: right you, you kind of like there's so many roasters out here there's so many coffee shops out here you're right that like you kind of have to be this you know do something that's wild and different and and yep. in order to like set yourself apart you know yep i mean, i think that's like we you know a conduit we had tried to like professionalize ourselves i don't think that's a real word but whatever uh professionalize ourselves a bit and like look a little cleaner but you know more, more recently we've just come to realize that we're just a bunch of gutter punk bike <laughs> drinking like shitheads and we you know like yeah. why I try to be any different you know like so cause a ruckus and just be who we are and that's going to be what our unique little you know niche market is going to have and that's you know that's kind of what kind of what's really helpful is to like have that niche market of yours your own not trying to be something else or be the greatest co- you know like the greatest coffee shop quote unquote the greatest coffee shop and just be yourself and you'll find your niche market that's not getting stepped on by other coffee companies that are approaching it differently and you just get your own so it's a little less competitive
0: I love that philosophy yep I'm mean, loving it, dude. Well, the, that kind of leads into kind of the, the last part of our conversation and like moving forward, you know, a, six months, a year out. I want to hear from you of like what your plan is, man, or what you'd like to be doing.
1: Shit. I mean, I'm, let's put it this way. Uh, <laughs> my mom told me that when I was four years old, the first time she ever asked me brian brian's my given name uh brian wh- what do you want to do when you grow up and my answer to her was i want to live in a yellow school bus <laughs> <laughs> at four fucking years old that was what i wanted to do all i wanted i mean, i know it was like the you know the that magic school bus game and and tv show or whatever that but, like, that's That's always been me, you know? Like, floating around and just never sticking too hard and putting too strong of a root system down in any one place, you know? Um, so, I mean, like, if all my aspirations and dreams came to fruition, like, I would have, and I will regardless, have a schoolie, uh, a, a converted school bus that I'll be living in, Um Not indefinitely, because nothing's forever, but, like, for a good period of time anyways. Um, And I would love, love, love to build a coffee trailer, like a trailer coffee shop. Um, I don't know, roasting out of it would be a little difficult to achieve or accomplish, but, like, I'd still try and make it happen, like, if I could, (laughs) if I possibly could, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'll just travel around, like especially into like regions that aren't as well connected to the specialty end of the industry, you know. And like, it's like middle middle of the country, especially. Like, it's. I mean, it's harder to get a hold of specialty coffee beans and bring them out that far. You know, it's expensive, so it's hard to get a coffee shop off the ground. But once the initial investment cost is put together, uh, and that and the and the this this little like traveling stand is built i can bring it wherever and i can bring it to the people and if people want to like you know if they get into it and they see that you know they like you know see that difference between their like you know commodity grade coffee versus the specialty grade then maybe you know like some more specialty can take hold and then of course you know with the increase into specialty there is hopefully hopefully uh uh better ethical outlook on on the co- on the coffee industry as a whole uh, yeah of course like that's these are just like you know like peak if everything happened the way it happened kind of right who knows like maybe <laughs> i could just end up in a school bus at, uh in baja california and just fishing for the rest of my days i don't know but like <laughs> it's if if work is going to be happening coffee has got to be happening in some way shape or form you know um i also i would i'd like to like Travel around, I mean, travel around and like hitting the uh, music festivals as well.
0: That, mm-hmm.
1: That's just personal, selfish reasons. Uh, I'd like to go to <laughs> all the music festivals. I think it'd be, I think that'd be great. <laughs> yeah,
0: how many concerts are canceled right now?
1: Oh man, right? Like, damn. I'm. I got one. I got a show coming up in April that I think is going to have to be live streamed. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing a shift in w- how we see coffee and the, how we see the locations that we get good coffee from, um, especially especially nowadays. You know, like we literally can't get coffee from a shop, a brick and mortar location right now. It's it's damn near yeah. difficult. I mean, it's damn near impossible. Um, it, at this moment and the coffee stands are the only ones that are open so and on top of that like you know our property taxes in seattle are just trash like the the whole concept is just real trash and and like anytime we need to pay for something property taxes go up which of course in turn rent goes up so it's like i as the renter get pissed off at the landlord for raising my rent and the landlord's pissed off because my because his tenant or their tenant is like you know Try, you know, causing a ruckus and the, you know, they can't and end up paying their property taxes because they just got raised because some other, you know, measure just passed through. So it's just this like constant, like, you know, back and forth and, and whatnot. And uh, so like, what, what I think is the solution to this in the, in the next stage of, you know, the coffee industry, at least in Seattle, where property taxes just keep rising is, coffee stands, minimizing your space, you know? And uh, yeah, I, we pay, we pay like half of what my rent in this house is right now for that coffee stand. And yeah, right. we're still, we still have a Mavom, uh, Mach 2 espresso machine. we got a Mythos grinder. Like we're, we're rolling, we're rolling pretty in this thing with, <laughs> it, with banging its equipment. And we're still slanging re- real good ass bro out of a stand, you know? And now I think is the time to like help drive that change in expectation from like different coffee stands, you know, like we've, we've grown as a specialty industry enough now to expect that it could very well be anywhere for all we know and helping to change that concept, especially in the big cities where it's so very expensive to, you know, pay for a whole coffee shop. Uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's the way of the the future right now, and just seeing these like alternative um, coffee shops, coffee, you know, coffee carts, coffee, school buses, there's container. I've seen like, you know, coffee shops made out of, you know, like shipping containers. Like, I I think this is the way the future is downsizing so we can ensure that the, you know, that we survive, you know, and we keep going.
0: Yeah. That's the only way for like a small guy. For sure
1: mm-hmm surely exactly you know I, think. I
0: don't know if you if you're aware I had a coffee truck back in about 2001
1: oh really
0: yeah it was like a wonder bread truck that I converted and <laughs> I'm driving it around <laughs> Mormon town oh, Salt Lake <laughs> Salt Lake City before Twitter before the cell phone really well he had cell phone but no internet right yeah it was a blast, dude, but it failed miserably at the time.
1: Sure, right. I, be- I bet it was a little hard to get recognition and notoriety uh, without the internet.
0: <laughs> it was very difficult, but you know what? This shit was rad, dude. And now everybody's got coffee trucks and trailers.
1: Yeah, dude, right. Like Times are always changing. And like I said, dude, we gotta just like ride the wave, you know what I mean? let let it take let it take us for the ride and just kind of like roll with the punches
0: right all right man what else you got before we uh, get out of here anything you want to throw in or ideas
1: shit yo oh man we we got we got free time uh shit <laughs> Like, you know, universal basic income. Let's, let's get that, you know, healthcare, let's get that, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> nah, but for real though, like, I, I, I guess we are just getting back into the times that we're in just like presently, you know, it's, it's very, it's obviously very difficult to get out of that mindset right now, you know, but you know, it's, it's definitely, this is definitely a moment to like of change that we're going in. You know, this is a, like a, very very pivotal moment in in our like generation's lifetime you know and we have a real opportunity to make a change not just in the coffee industry as a as a country but in the coffee mm-hmm. industry especially you know uh to really really Im- infuse a bit more empathy which is not to say that we have been unempathetic necessarily it's just very hard to you know, empathize with people that you don't know, that you don't see on a regular basis, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think this is doing a lot to see how, what affects some people will affect everybody, you know, Uh, especially with the healthcare system system right now, you know? Like one of the scarier things initially for us was in the coffee industry was how if we got sick with this virus, we could not afford, because they were quarantining people, like actually taking them and putting them into quarantine for a moment. Right? And we were afraid, like, you know, we as minimum wage service workers don't have the luxury of taking 14 days off. If I take 14 days off, I'm homeless, you know, guaranteed. So what was, you know, like we're kind of forced to continue to work under those, under the conditions if we were to get sick and that reflects onto every individual that comes into our shop that every individual that goes into any shop because this isn't just Seattle this is everywhere every minimum wage worker has to deal with this mm-hmm. and it, so it was it was a big moment for people to see that oh shit if the lowest paid workers the ones that we see damn near every single day that keeps this, this country running and operating on the regular, if they get sick and have to come to work, I get sick. Yeah. So one person's health is everybody else's health, plain, simple. And, you know, I, I can't be, I can't take, I can't take any like, you know, hard feelings towards my boss for not being able to give me, you know, 14 days of sick pay. He can't afford that. He could never afford that. You know, like by me asking that of him, I'm running the risk of just not even having a job after that sick time's up because he just ran his company into the ground paying for me and then paying for somebody to work there as well. So it, it has to come from the top down, not just from the bottom up, you know, we have to demand this of the highest at the highest level, so that everybody in that trickle down gets compensated. Gets make sure that they everybody is going to be living pretty, and you know, not just not just the baristas, but the business owners, but the you know the landlords, the property owners. Like everybody needs to be taken care of, not just one group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's, I think that is going to be a very big takeaway from here. And I think that's going to have an incredible change in the coffee industry. It, I mean, I see it like it's already happening, you know, it's, it's exciting. (laughs) Like uh, good, exciting, bad, exciting. I don't know. But (laughs) it's really exciting times right now, you know? Yeah. My wife works at a hotel
0: at the base of uh, the canyon where it's, you know, ski season. Mm. So all the skiers had to go home. They shut the resorts. Uh, Her hotel has about six people staying in it. (laughs) And, yeah, so they had to let go of all their housekeepers. Damn. And Yeah. It's insane. That's rough, dude. All the service industry is getting hit real hard, you know?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Tremendously, you know? It's super real it's super real and but like you know we are as a country already like re uh re-envisioning what we see as essential jobs you know and how we well no not so much that but like how we give more importance and less importance to certain jobs and how no one job is better or worse than another job you know we're all collectively need to work together in order to make this country run. You know what I'm saying? And no, everybody needs to be sitting pretty in this. Damn, I just really sound like a socialist. I mean, well, (laughs) but like, not saying that nobody, like if somebody puts in the extra work that they shouldn't get theirs, obviously. Obviously you put in extra work, you get yours. You know what I mean? But having that bottom floor, just a
0: little bit higher,
1: (laughs) just a little bit higher. (laughs) Would you, would just be really nice. You know, if rock bottom was just a couple more feet up, I'd be all right. You know,
0: (laughs) you, you know, you do live in one of the most expensive cities around, so it's got to be even worse, you know, in those areas.
1: (laughs) Right. And I come from the most expensive city in the country. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I guess, I guess it's, Maybe a, maybe a nice little, like, privileged place for me to be sitting in uh, conceptually is that I've always known expensive living, you know? So, it makes it a little easier for me to just be like, oh, this is what's happening. Okay, well, you know, cut out this expense, cut out that expense, cut out that expense. I mean, like, when I moved fully out on my own, my own, not, like, living with a partner or something, I had to give up a car, you know? Like, mm-hmm. That was just essential. I could just couldn't afford it anymore with the lifestyle that I was living, you know. And then as it's coming down more and more, like even just paying for a bus, that's you know, five bucks a day. Or right, a, a little over. So by do by saving five bucks or by riding my bike, I save five bucks a day. And it's literally like that is the difference between me eating eating a little bit better and eat eating top ramen every night, you know? And so I guess I, you know, it, it's it's not it's kind of nice to have come from a city that was more expensive than Seattle. But I feel that might have also done a, a bit of a disservice coming into a less expensive location and just being like, "Oh shit, your rent is only $800 and you're sharing with only four people." Shit, <laughs> that's great. And then happily paying for it, so then landlords think that, "Oh yeah, I could just keep that up. I could just keep that up, you know?" right. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely did not do a a positive. Have a positive influence on the city for sure. But I mean, just yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is expensive, you know. And I mean that we're up to fifteen dollars an hour uh, for minimum wage, which is wonderful, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like that's doing, like that's making some great, great steps. I mean it's still not going to pay all the bills you know it still have to have tips in order to operate normally and un- right, right, and right. unemployment ain't going to pay those tips you know what i mean right which is why those virtual tip jars are out right now i mean hell i 40% of my paycheck is tips
0: yep absolutely
1: and like fifty percent of my pay fifty uh, percent of my paycheck goes to rent. Actually, I think it might be more than that. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like that's my entire paycheck plus some of my tips is what it costs to like, you know, pay for my rent. So tips are just absolutely crucial.
0: Yep, that's how I'm feeling with my baristas too.
1: Mm.
0: Um, dude, well. Keep up the good fight. You know, we got a little bit longer to get through this shit. Uh, There's going to be some great things that come out of it. Mm,
1: You know it, dude. You know it, dude. We just got to keep a positive outlook. Keep looking forward. Keep manifesting that positivity.
0: Yeah, brother. Well, it was good to talk to you today, man. Go enjoy the fresh air and the nice bike ride, man.
1: Thank you, my dude. Thank you, my dude. You stay up up there, all right? All right, B. Take it easy.
0: Podcast listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Bino, uh, just chopping it up, um, you know, trying to stay positive in these times. Um, we are going to be recording several podcasts this week, um, just kind of talking about the situation and shooting around some ideas. If uh, you'd like to be part of the show, feel free to send us a direct message, uh, probably best on Instagram, at the Coffee Boogie. And once again, if you're enjoying the show, please share it out, um, leave feedback, things like that. God bless.